Welcome to the Peak Performance Greatness Show. I'm Christopher Dedan, founder and CEO of Devian Enterprises, Inc. We are committed to optimize people's performance with tools such as peak performance speaking, coaching, and consulting programs for a worldwide international community. We believe that the only difference between where you are and where you want to be is acquiring the knowledge you need and consistently utilizing that knowledge to become a peak performing individual in every area of your life. Stick around until the end of the show where we will reveal how you can become the next guest on the fastest growing inspirational educational podcast on the planet in 20 to 30 minutes. Let's go. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Peak Performance Greatness Show. I am your host, Christopher Dedian, and today I have Brian Grin with us, which he is an entrepreneur, a wellness coach, and an intermediate fasting expert. Brian, how are you doing today? Great, Chris. Thanks for having me on. I am really excited to have you on this show as there's so many things that we're going to talk about. Uh, a lot of our listeners do know that I am an entrepreneur, but they've never known necessarily or never spoken about a very high level that I actually work out quite intensely as a CrossFit athlete. And I've been doing intermediate fasting for the last, I would say three plus years. And I attribute a lot of my success as a top tier performer and entrepreneur to my health and the way I go about it. So that's all the things that I kind of want to unpack with you in regards to how to go into that world. But before doing so, I give you a small introduction of who you are and what you do. Do you mind unpacking that for our audience? Yeah, I am a health coach. I God, I've been in the health game for like 20, almost 20 years. I used to train individuals, really focus on strength training. Now I've shifted a little bit since like COVID. I've been doing mainly online consults with, um, I'd say 40 plus year old males and just helping them, you know, just perform better as far as in the, in the gym and with nutrition and meal timing and stress and sleep. So sort of hitting every aspect, all the principles, because we all know that they all sort of tie together. If not doing great, if you're sleeping like junk and everything else will probably won't fall in line so well. So um, anyways, yeah. So I work with uh 40 plus year old males and do it uh, pretty much through virtually. I am starting to see people a little bit more in person and um, you know, came out with a journal. Um, I have a book coming out within like a month. <laughs> Keeps getting pushed a little bit, but it's all good. Uh, and yeah, I've just been uh, been passionate about helping people, you know, achieve their their health goals and getting them to f- perform um, in whatever avenue they're they're you know they're looking for. So okay, so that is great, and I really want to unpack the re- and the, in the aspect of. Have you seen when you start working with these uh, gentlemen that are 40 plus years old and maybe they come to you not necessarily in the best shape or not with the best rituals and habits in regards to their sleep, in regards to what they're fueling themselves with, with food, the energy source and all that stuff. Have you seen not only an increase in their physical well-being, their aesthetics and so on, but within their business, if we talk about that aspect, do you get some of your clients mm-hmm. talking about, hey, my sales is increasing, my personal life is increasing. My mood is different. Talk to me a bit about that. And why do you think that that is correlated with working out and healthy living? Yeah. I mean, I always say, if you don't have your health, what do you have? Right? Like, um, there's one thing, you know, being an entrepreneur, we all know is not easy and there's a lot of stressors that come with that. So I think getting your health in line and, um, 
getting it so that you are performing each day to its to the fullest, right? We all we all have our down days, but I think it's important to have um, clarity and uh, energy throughout the day so we can get the things done that we want to get done. And yeah, I mean, I think people come to me and they realize that it's affecting, you know, that their health is obviously affecting other areas of their lives that they want to do well at, whether it's relationships or their work or, um, you know, family or whatever else it is. So no doubt about it. I mean, they're all tied together, as you know, I know, you know, obviously like you mentioned, you're really into sounds like health and you've done some CrossFit and some fasting and things like that. So I think it's becoming more in the limelight nowadays and in the, you know with all these podcasts right like people are starting to l- realize uh what they need to do well there's a difference between what they need to do and what they actually do <laughs> and that's why they, they they hire a coach and someone to help them so i love that i love that and thank you for highlighting that now talk to me a bit about why you specifically have an expertise or a target of men that are 40 plus is it because they have created something at a certain level of success within their business. So they're more self-sustained because they have systems and process in place. So now they could look at their health aspect, or is it because that's somewhere that you target when males have lower levels of testosterone and you have tricks to increase that? Why do you target specifically that audience compared to, let's say somebody that's starting their entrepreneurial journey in their mid to early thirties? Well, there's a few reasons. I think one, you can get a lot, you can get away with a lot more when you're younger. <laughs> and then, you know, as we all know, as you get a little bit older, I mean, I'm 42, you have to work that much harder, I would say, or smarter. And a lot of times what happens is when you get older, your priorities change, you know, right? So you maybe have family, kids, and you start putting your health on the back burner. It's not a priority. And then you wake up 10, 20 years later, and you realize <clears throat> that your health is not where it needs to be. And Hopefully you don't wait till, you know, someone else says something you, you sort of, you know, you're proactive about it. I think that's important. A lot of people can be, but a lot of people aren't. And they wait till they go to the doctor and the doctor says something or whoever. So I think there's a, there's a, there's a few reasons why that's sort of been my niche. I mean, obviously I can somewhat relate. I mean, I've never, I've been lucky. I've always sort of prioritized my health. Um, but I can also just relate with that, with that age group and the fact that, you know, you, you might need to switch things up a little bit as you get older, just to help you reach your goals that you'd want to want to achieve as far as health. I love that, that awareness in regards to, Hey, once you get to a certain age, it, things are going to change. And you're right. When you're younger, you could get away with eating a bit more, let's call it play food instead of uh, high nutritious food and mm-hmm. still have the six pack still walking around ter- on their 10% body fat or whatever the case is. But as you get older, you have to be so much more eloquent in what you're eating, not only to the physical appearance, but to the actual results and what you're going to get within your workday and your energy level. Now, Brian, as you mentioned, you've been in yeah. this game in you know coaching people with working out, so on and so forth for years and years. Talk to me a bit about now, why you went into the intermediate fasting world, because there's still a lot of people that either love it or they don't understand it. They fear it. Uh, There's a lot of people that say it's counterintuitive. What would you speak to that? Unpack, first of all, what is intermediate fasting? Because we're just kind of mentioned it here several times without uh, alluding to the aspect that maybe some people don't understand what it is as well. So go ahead and unpack that for us. Yeah. So uh, intermittent fasting, it's just simply uh, restricting from you know, calories for a certain period of time, which we all do obviously to some degree, cause we don't, we're all fasting overnight. Um, and it's just become popular in the sense that, you know, uh, I, let me just back up. I should say that the reason I 
sort of got into intermittent fasting was I I actually had a client who had horrible, had a, like bad blood panels, you know, overweight, overweight, obese came to me. This was years ago when I was just focusing on strength training and, and it was actually a woman and she realized that she uh, needed to sort of take control of her health and her, and get, you know, her blood panels results back to where they were. And she got into fasting and had such great results. So it made me sort of learn about it more. Cause I, I knew, I knew about fasting from like, you know, the major religions and things like that, but, uh, I didn't really know much past that. And so that sort of spurred to, you know, my research into fasting and why I want to, decided to use it as a tool for myself and my clients. Um, and then this is a two pole. What, what else was your other question part regarding so, that? Before jumping to the next question, I do want you to add just to let me know or tell us when did you start that aspect? How, what year was okay. it that you started the intermittent fasting? And the second part was specifically what is intermediate fasting? You kind of alluded to it, but can we get a bit more in detail of what are the different time frames? What are certain things that happen? Sure. What the science backs it up with back in the day with the evolution of the homo sapien uh, human beings and so on? Yeah. I mean, as far as different types of, I mean, there's, there's, there's now there's, you know, I think every year there's like a new one, but you know, you can, it, a lot is based on the clock, right? So you hear the most popular one is 16, eight, where you're in a fasted state for 16 hours. And a lot of people use their overnight fast and then just skip breakfast. That's like a very popular one, 16, eight. And then you have, you can have 18, six, you can have 20 dash four. Um, you know, you got one meal a day, you got alternate day, um, so there's a lot of different ways of going about it. There's no perfect way. Um, and you know, this was something that I started back, gosh, it's been seven, eight years now. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, for myself and, and for my clients. Um, and yeah, so I guess, you know, as far as definition, I mean, I like to just keep it pretty simple in the sense that you know, it's, I, I, it's just a way to organize your eating and your feasting times. And really when you're in a fasted state, you're really not having anything that has any caloric value. So, I mean, there's some gray area there. I think people can have coffee and have unsweetened tea and things like that in their fast. Um, but there's all different types of fasts. You can do bone broth. Um, you know, you can have, um, you know, some people like to add a little, little fat. I mean, obviously anytime you add calories that does technically break your fast, but there, I don't think there's anything wrong with it as long as you don't overdo it. Um, so yeah, I, th I think there's a lot of different ways to go about it. It just depends on the goal and what that client's looking for. Okay. Very interesting. So there's a couple of things that I want to kind of ask you as I don't have necessarily always the chance to speak to an expert in the intermediate fasting world. Like I said, I, I, I do consider myself kind of well-versed in that regards. And a couple of things that I truly love, and I, uh, as I coach my top tier uh, CEO and top tier entrepreneur clients on one-to-one, -one, a lot of entrepreneurs, I got them to uh, on the intermediate fasting in regards to, I truly believe you're so much more focused when you are on an empty stomach, your glucose levels are lower, uh, your insulin levels are lower. So you're more focused and doing the work. The second that I start eating afterwards, I definitely see a diminishing of quality within my work, creativity, and so on. So this, that, and that aspect is huge. Furthermore, like you mentioned, you know, usually people don't eat in the morning and they eat later on. Once they keep that 16, eight, it makes it that you're winning time in the morning. Cause you don't have to you know, do your breakfast and so on. So mm -hmm. my question to you with this aspect in regards to the fasting is kind of going to take a twist here in regards to the diet culture. So we're hearing a lot of things lately of, you know, pushback on the diet culture. There's many studies that are showing that it's not something that is 
something you would keep for the rest of your life. Maybe you lost a bit of weight, but then it comes back on. Uh, there's a specific book that's called Intuitive Eating that I've read a couple of times, and it really touches upon being aware of your inner cues to know what to eat, how much to eat, when to eat it, and it allows you to eat everything in that end. Now, within that mm. ideology, they talk about time restriction as a sort of diet. That's something that I have a hard time with, and I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but I want to know your ideology behind that. What do you believe? I, when we're doing intermediate fasting, is it considered a certain diet? Is it considered a certain repression compared to the intuitive eating? Or it's something that kind of in the same line, it shouldn't be considered as a diet fad, such as paleo, uh, uh, you know, all of them, the uh, keto diet and so on. Yeah, carnivore. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I would say the, the nice thing about intermittent fasting is one, it's like you mentioned, it's free, it's, it's, it's flexible, and you can do it with any type of diet that you want. If you're, whether, whether you're carnivore, low carb, uh, vegetarian, vegan. So I, I think from that sense, it can be done across any type of diet, which, which makes it nice. And I think the biggest thing with fasting is, um, it gives you structure, you know, like, um, I don't think that you need to, oh, you know, you can overdo it with fasting, right? It's a stressor. So, um, I think the biggest thing is, is, is it just gives you sort of, you know, a lot of times people get up, they eat, they eat throughout the day, they eat in the car, they eat at the movie theater. Um, and I think what, what it does is it sort of gives you that, okay, um, I gotta be done eating. I'm going to be done eating at seven or I'm going to be done eating at seven 30, you close the kitchen. You're not eating too close to bedtime. And I would say those are the two main things that I try to keep an eye out for clients is you don't want to eat right when you get up. You don't need to let cortisol rise, you know, maybe go for a walk and then you can break your fast. But I saw, so I think the big thing with fasting is the, you know, the flexibility of it and the fact that it can be done across any diet. Um, you know, like I said before, it is a stressor, <clears throat> excuse me, exercise is a stressor. And what happens sometimes is I think, and I notice this myself a little bit is if you do, you know, get into fasting too much and low carb, these could be somewhat, you know, overdone and you can almost restrict too much. So I, I think that you can go through periods of doing some fasts, but then maybe you have some times where you actually feel like you're almost like overeating. I think it's good for the signal to body that you're not always restricting calories. Cause I, at least personally, I find that sometimes when, you know, I was, you know, I, I do typically about two meals a day. I'm like, and I start tracking and I'm like, God, I'm like, I'm not eating enough. <laughs> um, and so sometimes I, I think every once in a while, it's, it's good to mix it up and have periods of time where maybe you feel like you're eating over the amount of what you normally do. Okay. So that's interesting. That was like my next question yeah. that I wanted to come towards the aspect of kind of understanding your body and doing moments of either fasting and then moments of let's call it overindulging, uh, so on. Sure. And there's that balance. And in, in, in my personal thing, I've been fasting, like I said, three plus years, and I've seen the best results through my performance at CrossFit, the results to entrepreneurship and so on, sleeping patterns and all that fun stuff. And lately my fast, I feel like after my fast periods, there is more moments of binging. So I'm like, Hey, maybe my body's kind of telling me something and we have to switch right, it up to right. stop necessarily fasting, uh, in an intense way. Cause it's been over a year that I've been fasting minimum once per week, 48 hours. So I do two day fast. I've done up to three day fast, but then I see the third day, there's a substantial drop in performance at the gym as well as uh, work. Uh, but now I'm noticing, Hey, maybe let's just try eating every single day for X amount of time. What do you think on the aspect of that 
pendulum? Do you think your body notices certain things and it notices that, hey, every Monday, Chris is not going to eat. So Sunday, let's go freaking ham and have some M&Ms. Let's go do this and do that. Do you think that's something <laughs> natural that happens and we should always kind of keep our bodies guessing so we won't fall into that? Yeah, I mean, I think if you've been doing fasting, like you said, for three plus years and exercise, and like I said, these these can stack on each other and and sometimes it could backfire a little bit. And like you said, you felt like you were getting these cravings and things like that. And possibly maybe you should start, you know, cut back on the facts fact, excuse me, fasting and eat more. Um, I'm actually going through a little self-experimentation myself where I I, I am cutting back on the fasting and eating. Like, honestly, the, the only way for me to get as many calories as I, I think I, I should really get is by having three meals. So I'm like, so I, I've added in a third meal and I'm just seeing how it is. And I've always, a lot of times worked out in a fastest state. Now I'm, now I'm actually having something and then working out like two hours later, seeing how my performance. So I think really there's that self-experimentation mm -hmm. where I, I think as a society, we, we, we want to just go all in one way and then that be it. Right. But I don't think that your body necessarily is always like that. I think you have to have times of abundance and then maybe times where you scale it back and, um, and, and just sort of see, you know, see how you feel, see how your cravings are. So yeah, there's definitely that self-experimentation, which I think is important. I, I love that you're kind of alluding to that and you're kind of telling us your journey, even though, like you said, you're an expert in intermittent fasting. Now you're kind of bringing that back and that doesn't mean that you're not going to do it in the future. It's understanding what your body right. says, because like you said, it's not something that is fixed in cement. It's something that's ever moving and you have to evolve with that and kind of be aware of sometimes your cravings and allow yourself to have those cravings. So I love that aspect in itself. Uh, so Brian, you kind of mentioned as well in regards to the aspect of your wellness coach, obviously you do a lot of, you know, teach people how to, you know, be, be healthier and so on. You alluded to the sleeping aspect. You alluded to potentially what to eat. Let's unpack that a bit more specifically for top tier entrepreneurs. How much sleep do you recommend? Do you believe in the hustle culture that's been sold to us for the last couple of years? Do you believe in, you know, we'll sleep when we die? Do you believe in I can eat anything and still be good? So what's your thought pattern with that? Yeah, I mean, uh, surrounding sleep, I think that should be your first priority regarding anything else that you're doing. Um, you know, as far as the time, I, I think that there's, there's, there's a gray area there, but I've, you know, you hear like seven to nine hours. Um, I think first and foremost, if, if you prioritize sleep and make sure that you have some type of sleep routine, I think that's really important. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, giving yourself time to wind down. Um, I actually started working with a breath, breath work coach. I had the, this gentleman, Avi Greenberg on my podcast and, um, he does breath work and I was like, Oh, you know, he's, he's like, why don't you try a, se a session with me? I'm like, okay. I mean, I've done meditation and I've done yoga and things like that, but I was like, yeah, let's give it a go. So, um, it, that's been great. I mean, even, even doing 10 minutes of breath work before bed, you know, things like that. So, so I think that should be the number one focus is sleep. And now they have a lot of these wearables like the aura ring and um, where you can track sleep. But personally, I think we all are a good judge of how we feel. And sometimes when you, when you get a little caught up in all these wearables and they're telling you that you, you had a shitty sleep and you're like, well, I feel pretty good. You know? So sometimes they can sort of, I think can backfire when, and, when, when you have all these different devices telling you one thing or the other, you got to just sort of listen to yourself. Um, but either way, I think having a consistent time that you go to bed and that you get up is really, is really yeah. a great principle as well. Yeah.
Yeah, I, I truly believe that. Like you mentioned in a latter part of what you just mentioned, the most important thing is having a certain ritual and habit that your body could get used to because we are creatures of habits. And if you have a time that you go to bed and you wake up all the time, it's actually going to help you go into those more deeper sleeps as your more recuperative sleeps. You're going to have a better uh, uh, REM sleep as well, instead of always switching it up and your body is kind of mm -hmm. uh, figuring out what's happening because your normal circadian rhythm is going to start increasing melatonin when it's your bedtime and serotonin when you wake up. And when you always change that, your body's confused in itself. So just that in itself is such a great uh, indicator in that regards, Brian. So I truly appreciate that. Uh, okay. So my next, my next question in regards to this entrepreneur world. So it's obvious that, you know, you're definitely a successful person in regards to the workout world, uh, the business world and so on. And I always ask this question because this is something that truly interests me. Like we definitely learn from people's successes and uh, what they do great in life. But there is another part that I truly believe you learn even more is with your failures and not only your failures, but other mm. people's failures and difficulties. So my question to you right now, Brian, is what is something within your business that you're having a hard time with, or there's place to optimize and how do you go about fixing that? So what is the problem that you're facing right now in your business? And how do you go about fixing that problem? Oh, that's a good one. Well, I think, and I'm sure your audience is, you can always feel like you, you can get better, more qualified leads, right? Mm -hmm. I think, you know, that's, that's probably number one for most people are trying to find qualified leads and individuals that are just like asking, you know, you to you to work with them. Um, a solution for that. Um, well, for, for, for one, uh, I'm, I'm doing, I'm writing a book and I think that, and that book's going to be a sort of, um, I should say, um, a filter to help find quality qualified leads. Um, and so it's not just going to be, it's going to be more of a PDF book, but it's going to be something that if, you know, if people come and read your book, um, and they really buy into that, it's can sort of lead them down this, this path of potentially being a good client to work with. So I think it's important that if you're looking for qualified leads, that you have sort of a system in place, some type of funnel that you can take people through and the right people will raise their hand and then it can help lead to qualified leads. I love that. So essentially one thing, kind of like a lot of entrepreneurs, how to get more qualified leads and to do so one way that you're going about it is creating a product or a service, in this case, a book that is going to filter out the right people. So you're writing a book for your clients. Maybe there's going to be thousands of people that are going to see it. There's going to be hundreds of people that might be interested. And maybe there's going to be 10 people that are going to get a call on, you know, a discovery call with you to see if you could be a good fit. So you're writing the book for those clients in that specific mindset of like, I'm looking for those 10 people. So doing things with intention of what is the goal? Am I putting out this book to be a bestseller? Or am I putting out this book to get qualified leads for my coaching business. So I love that aspect. And I just wanted to highlight for our listeners over there, uh, Brian. So we yeah. did talk yeah. about obviously the, the, the aspect of the time, when to eat and so on, but we did not speak about specifically if there are certain things that we should eat compared to things that we should not eat. Is there certain, mm. uh, you know, vitamins that we should mm. take, or we don't need to take vitamins. What would you speak to that? Well, as far as food is concerned, I think most importantly, uh, you want to really prioritize protein, um, with each meal and, um, and, and fats and healthy fats and, and, you know, carbs, everyone has a different opinion on carbs, but I think the most important thing is, and I'm, I'm not, I'm not anti-carb. Um, I think that if, as long as it's not highly processed, 
And, you know, um, you know, like you, you'll see in a lot of people's, you know, they got, you know, processed meats, they have, um, uh, pastries and waffles and pancakes and, um, processed cheese and sweetened yogurts. I think that if you could just focus on single or single ingredient foods that have some type of expiration and get away from boxes and barcodes, I think that's, that's a good rule of thumb, um, and, and, you know, cause a lot of times the stuff that you're buying in these, in these stores, um, have a lot of hidden ingredients that can cause issues like, um, uh, um, obviously vegetable seed oils, which are polyunsaturated fatty acids and high fructose corn syrup and a lot of different chemicals that are in these foods. So if you can cook for yourself and avoid, you know, boxes and barcodes, I think you'll be doing pretty good. Yeah, I, I love that because that is a great like rule of thumb because like you mentioned, I think the main thing here that I stand by and you, I feel like you're on the same uh, wavelength in that regard is there isn't one recipe. It really is different per person. And not only that, not only per person, but then it evolves, your body evolves. So you have to test, you have to try certain things. But the main thing, like you mentioned, is buy food that could legit expire. You don't want to mm -hmm. necessarily just eat something that could be in your you know cabinet for years and years because that, first of all, doesn't even have energy. Second thing, is buy things that have one or two ingredients, right? More processed mm -hmm. it is, the more it's played. And unfortunately, these big companies, the food industry, find intelligent and eloquent ways to feed us things and sell something else. So they might say it's zero sugar, but like you said, it's corn syrup and defined words that we don't even know. And they're feeding right, us right. bad things towards when you're having something that you've made, you know, what you're putting inside, I think is the best way to go about it. So I love that aspect that you kind of highlighted that. And as well, it, let me give you my two cents on the carb things. I definitely think that carb does get like a bad rap. Uh, definitely. I, me personally, I need carbs to, to live. And obviously if I am going on a, a moment of like, I need to lean down a bit more, I just cut the grain carbs personally, but I'm still having a lot of fruits, vegetables. I'm having other types of carbs that I feel like my body needs. So I love the fact that you're kind of alluding to the micronutrients, a uh, more aspect of like, Hey, you need everything. You shouldn't cut out one or the other. Uh, so Brian, I mean, I feel like we could talk about all this until tomorrow morning. I'm going to be very like, uh, uh, respect for your time. I'm just gonna ask you two last questions. So my next question sure. is in regards to, uh, what you do on a daily basis, because this is called the peak performance greatness show. What are some of the habits and rituals uh, that you do on a daily basis that make you succeed as a coach that make you succeed as somebody that, you know, has a healthy body as a 40 year old man that could do their thing. What are some of the habits and rituals that you haven't potentially alluded to yet, or you could allude to the ones that you mentioned as well, but some of the things that we might not know that could be extremely successful for people to hear. Yeah. So I think one of the main things that I, that I, that I've learned over the years is to really try to own the morning. Um, because we all sort of know how once you get past the morning, it's easier to make, make excuses and get less done. So I try to really take advantage of the morning. Um, I'm not saying you have to jump into work right away. I think you should have a morning routine, just like I mentioned, an, an evening routine, some type of, you know, morning routine to get you started. Maybe it's going for a walk. Maybe it's doing some type of light movement. Um, I used to do morning workouts. I, now I've scheduled my workouts more towards the middle of the day. But so I think owning the morning and doing the most important things first um, are a big key to having successful days. I find the days where the mornings get away from me are the days where my like, God, I, you know, I wish I would have done a little bit more, but 
Um, so I think that's most, most important. And, um, you know, from there, I think just prioritizing your health in the sense that, um, you know, do something, uh, some type of movement every day, whether that's for a walk, it doesn't have to be always like a, some type of strength training exercise. I would say if you could do strength training a few days a week, that would be another just great, great goal, especially as we get up there in age, we really want to prioritize preserving muscle. And so, you know, those, I think are the big, the big ones. And obviously we can talk about sleep, which we did already. So that, I, I don't know how far you want me to go with that, but I would say owning the morning and doing the most important thing first is, is a good place to start. Uh, no, I think you got it spot on. And like you said, you allude to some of them uh, previously as well, but the regards to yeah. one thing you highlighted, I really find interesting and important as you get older, it's extremely important to keep on doing uh, muscle training because like you said, your muscle does atrophy. And over time, if you keep on doing a strength resistance, your muscle uh, density is going to be bigger and your bone density is going to be bigger, which is a huge cause when you get older, when you know, you break your hips and this, that, and the other. And one way to correlate that is through strength training and do not forget about as well, you know, your VO2 max, your cardio, your Metcons, as well as your flexibility to be a well-rounded uh, uh, athlete. One last question I have before going into the, to yeah. kind of the, the end of the, the show over here is what do you think about the body fat percentage? Is that something you look at? Is it something that like, Hey, you think people should be walking around under 10%? Is that sustainable, lower, mm. higher? Does it matter? It doesn't matter. What's your idea with that? Yeah, it's a, you know, it's a good question. Every client that I work with, that we, uh, we get a deck, they get a DEXA scan. Um, and a DEXA scan gives you a lot of information. Main things are, you know, bone mass, bone density, um, also gives you, you know, visceral fat, um, uh, fat mass, uh, lean mass. So it just gives you a baseline. I think it's important for everyone to have a baseline to see where they're at. Um, but from there, I mean, I don't, you know, I would say as far as like body fat percentage, I mean, it, it's not always a, like a, a, it is a predictor of health, but it isn't right. You could, you could be, you could be less than 10% body fat, but you can be unhealthy, you know, because you could, maybe yeah. you're having no sleep and you're of stress and, and, and this and that. So I think it is a metric to look at. I don't think it's the end all. And I would say that under, yeah. So I would not, I, I won't, I won't necessarily say I try to pigeonhole under a certain percentage, but I think the main thing to focus on is just a lot of times is, is the unhealthy visceral fat around the waist, which mm -hmm. I, which it tends to dump to as we get older. So especially for males. So I think, you know, that can be a goal to, to sort of, and that's more or less how your clothes fit. Right. I mean, I think if, if, if we can change how our clothes fit and how we feel confident when we don't have clothes on, I think that's most important. I love that. I love that response, Brian. It was a true pleasure speaking to you and you definitely know your stuff in regards to healthy living and how to approach it, especially for males over 40, like you uh, alluded to. So I just want to know where is the best place that our community could reach out to you. Some people listen to this and be like, Hey, you know what? I want that kick in the butt to get a coach like Brian to, to really get me to that next level. Where's the place that they could connect with you? Yeah. Uh, you can go to BrianGrin.com. So, uh, that's B R I A N and G R Y N.com. And, um, yeah, that's sort of the hub for everything. So that's probably the easiest place to find me. I mean, I'm an in, I'm in Instagram BD grin. Um, and, uh, you can check out some of my content there as well. Brian, I love that. Everything you mentioned will be in the show notes below. It was such a great conversation, uh, and having you on the show truly love the talking about this. Uh, so keep up your phenomenal work and guys, if you're interested, please connect with Brian. Have a great day. Thanks Chris.
Christopher Dedian here. Thank you so much for listening to the Peak Performance Fitness Show. If you're a successful entrepreneur or entrepreneur who would like to be on this program, please visit our website at peakperformancegreatness.com. If you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot of your phone, text it to a friend, or post it on the socials. If you know somebody that could be a great guest, please tag them on social media to let them know about this program and don't forget to include the hashtag Peak Performance Fitness. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We regularly put out new episodes and content. To make sure that you don't miss any episode, go ahead and click that subscribe button. Your thumbs up, rating, and review go a long way to help us promote this show and it would mean a lot to me as well as my team. You want to know more? Go ahead and visit our website at peakperformancegreatness.com or follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, or my YouTube channel at Christopher Didier. Thank you for listening. We will see you next time. Have a blessed and grateful day.